Hello, Nellis. Uh, going to start off a little bit different this week. Have a uh, voicemail uh, slash press conference from Ben that uh, I think, in light of everything that went on in the NFL this week, uh, very very appropriate to to start off with. Uh, so, Ben, I'm going to turn the mic over to you. Well, gents, the uh, football this weekend certainly was without drama and a lot of excitement. Um, I'm not quite sure it was a better product, but at least it wasn't boring. Um, to those folks who remain in survival, the guys who picked the Eagles and the Packers, you barely squeaked by. They were certainly looking like all of us could have been knocked out of survival in one fell swoop. So good luck to those guys moving forward. Uh, if you guys have been paying attention to the NFL at all this weekend, you realize that there's a lot more going on than just football. However you feel about political and, and, and race issues being involved in what's supposed to be a relaxing game and something we should have fun in, it is what it is. And I really encourage you, to take the, for those of you who to take the time to listen to Jason Garrett, head football coach for the Dallas Cowboys, I thought his approach and the team approach and the organizational approach to the issues was overall the best and really need to listen to his, his press conference after the game. It was really classy and uh, right on point in, my, in many ways. Um, as you can imagine, as, as a combat veteran, um, this issue hits a little close to home when it comes to the national anthem and the flag, and it being wrapped in, up in other issues is uh, hard for me to watch. So the fact that he was able to find a way to promote unity uh, equality, respect for our flag and anthem all in one fell swoop was nothing short of impressive and something I hope um, the rest of the NFL takes notice of and, and you guys as well. I uh, hope you have a good week. See you on the gridiron. the NFFL. This week, I want to start off with a fun question directed towards two of our owners, the owners of The Outcast and the owner of Jim Kelly Hates Cancer. Are the Bills better than the Cowboys? Hmm. Just fun. Thought I'd ask that question, throw it out there, just based on how they both performed against Denver in the last couple of weeks. And because it's just another fun little way to poke at the bear that is the Outcasts offering their entire team for trade for the second time in three weeks. So anyway, uh, just a couple of things to point out. We only have two undefeateds left in the entire league. On the other hand of the spectrum, I'm introducing the Stop Pooping segment. Stop Pooping. Now, Lance Manlove is 0-3 this season, as is RosterGuard99. But Lance Manlove has not won since week 7 of last season, where he beat one of our two undefeateds, Grizzles Gladiators. So, Lance Manlove, you need to... Stop pooping. And you can listen throughout this recording. I'm going to try and remember to hit that drop every time I drop Lance Manlove's name. Stop pooping. 
Let's get into the games. Steiny, get me a Danish! Our first game up to review is Awful Waffles taking on Sweatman's Runners. Sweatman's Runners finished out strong. Uh, that Golden Tate touchdown being called back didn't really uh, hurt them all that much. And the fact that for the second week, finishing as the number two defense, won Sweatman's Runners this game. Awful Waffles, it came down to Bethel and Lee on... Uh, Monday night's game. Very disappointing. In fact, their entire defense dropped the ball. They were ranked 11th this week, and that did them in. And even the surprising outing from Kirk Cousins could not save them. Next up is Night Chef taking on the Ninja Panthers in what has become known as the Chapel Clash. Now, for the Ninja Panthers, Tom Brady had a big day humongous day, like 50 points day, uh, but didn't have any wide receiver help and had a second tight end in the flex who goose-egged him. In fact, from this intrepid reporter's perspective, you should probably not count on Hunter Henry until the Chargers are completely done with Antonio Gates. And it all came down to Hassan Riddick for him on Monday night's game, which it's really just a microcosm of the entire defense for the Ninja Panthers. Riddick had one tackle. One. In fact, their defense was dead last in the league and only gave them 40 points. Yes, Ninja Panthers quarterback outscored Ninja Panthers' entire defense. On the other side of the ball, Night Shift uh, had a mental error in dropping Jadavian Clowney just before he broke out for a big game. Justin Tucker, wow, one point in that woodshedding of the Ravens. Crabtree got like one pass for six yards and then hurt his chest. All of this combines to give the Night Shift 99 total points from their offense, and they managed to squeak this victory out. Now, Night Shift's defense is trending down, but it is still in the top half of the league, so I expect to see them ride the strength of their defense through next week. Next up, we have 302 taking on Roster Guard in one of the longest-running rivalries in the league. Roster Guard started off in front and tried to come back late on Sunday, but even with Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr., who put up his own interesting uh, end zone display of protest against Trump when you think about it. They both put up huge numbers, but only Jameis Winston and Elliott gave him any other help on offense. Everyone else just kind of you know, showed up and stood on the sidelines. 302 had big days from Brandon Cooks and A.J. Green, and that was enough to bring them forward to the victory. Now, here's a fun fact for you from this game. Both tight ends that were on the field for 302 and roster guard 99 only scored .60 points. And their defenses were only separated by five points in 302's favor. So, 302, you can tell roster guard 99. Hey, turd face, guess what? I've taken every single one of your teddy bears and I've stuffed them down my pants. Now, I believe that uh, 302's owner does have a press conference that he's stepping up to the podium, so let's hear what he has to say. Zach, boycotting podcasts because you're disadvantaged franchise? Come on, man. 
You know there are no disadvantaged franchises in this era of the Nellis League. There are only disadvantaged players who are drafted by lousy franchises like yours. I mean, watching you run your franchise is like going on YouTube and watching infomercial fails. They're funny, they're sad, and sometimes there are no words. Next up, we have Gridiron Mafia taking on Jim Kelly Hates Cancer. Gridiron Mafia never stood a chance. Jim Kelly Hates Cancer scored more offensive and defensive points this week than the rest of the league. Number one in both by sizable margins. And T.Y. Hilton finally woke up. I guess getting Jacoby Brissett in there is, uh, is a little bit of good medicine until they can get Andrew Luck back on the field. Jim Kelly Hates Cancer's stud receiving core... All four put up at least 17 points. Now, Gridiron Mafia started a wide receiver who was out with an injury. Uh, Don't know if uh, you missed that note or if it happened too late for you to make a change there. I don't think it would have made a difference, though, Joe. And you got to feel for uh, Gridiron Mafia. Darren Sproles breaks an arm and tears an ACL on the same play and is now done for the season and possibly has played his last game in the NFL. So before we move on, Jim Kelly Hates Cancer has won the Whoop-Ass Award of the Week with 117.24 point margin of victory. I don't remember seeing that large of a difference in a long time. So... Jim Kelly hates cancer. You can tell Gridiron Mafia. I destroyed you using a baby's fist as a weapon. Danica! Next up, we're looking at Grizzles Gladiators taking on Lance Manlove. Stop pooping. Now, Lance Manlove. Stop pooping. Put up some respectable numbers offensively, finishing number four in the week. But started the wrong quarterback. Jordan Reed doesn't take part in Kirk Cousins' big night, giving a goose egg. That's going to hurt you in the long run. On the other side, Grizzles Gladiators, Todd Gurley finally breaks out, and all of his running backs gave him a solid week. Uh, From Melvin Gordon, even though he hurt his knee, and Leonard Fournette, Grizzles Gladiators kicker outscored all but two of his players. So there you go. Fun week for the kicker there. One other fun-related fact for this game, since Matt Prater was that kicker who had so many points, in the Lions versus Falcons game, there were six players between the two teams that had a single-digit jersey number. All six were named Matt. True story. i say it again. All six were named Matt. True story. Finally, we move on to the Outcast taking on the Unsullied in what I'm going to pronounce the Toilet Bowl of the Week. Outcasts, these guys were just pathetic across the board. Only six players came close to their projections. And only two outperformed their projections. They finished dead last on offense, only scoring 65 points. In fact, over the last three weeks, they finished 11th in offense, 5th in offense, 
and 12th in offense. So I'm wondering if the yo-yo effect is going to help them out next week, bring them back up in the top half of the league. We'll have to watch out for that. For the Unsolid, who, uh, seriously, Sean, Unsolid, Steaming Willie Beeman, pick one. Anyway, for Unsolid slash Steam Willie Beeman, the uh, Patriots aerial game did prove to be on point. Uh, his trust in both those uh, pass catchers on his squad was not misplaced. Really, Carr and White were the only disappointing players that the Unsolid fielded this week. The Unsolid has finished in the top four offensively every week this season, so keep an eye on that. See if those guys can still be producers. I ain't good enough to lick the dirt off our cleats. Watch it, jerk. Shut up, idiot! Moron! Scab eater! Butt sniffer! Puss licker! Fart smeller! <laughs> you eat dog crap for breakfast, geek! You mixed your weeds with your mama's toe jam! Yeah! You bob for apples in the toilet! And you like it! You play ball like a girl! Well, those insults are there to remind us as we move into week four, there's not been a lot of trash talk going on. Uh, we don't really have many press conferences and uh, to share this week, and we don't really see much trash talking going on the board. So uh, let's, uh, let's bring that back. I kind of miss it. I like when I've got a few press conferences to share. So let's start off our game previews by looking at the Ninja Panthers taking on the Outcasts. Now, the Ninja Panthers defensively have finished 11th, 11th, and 12th, and offensively 12th, 2nd, and 7th. Now, the Outcasts defensively have finished 6th, 8th, and 5th, and mentioned already offensively 11th, 5th, and 12th. So, this game really could be up in the air based on their track record through three weeks. Kelvin Benjamin and Isaiah Crowell are the only real question marks on offense for Ninja Panthers, so watch out for those guys this week. For the outcasts, keep an eye on Richard Matthews and C.J. Anderson, uh, possibly even Tyler Lockett, depending on uh, Doug Baldwin's injury this week. Those three could have huge days and could be amazing difference makers for the outcasts. But I'm going to pick the Ninja Panthers. I was accused of, of hurting the outcasts last week by picking them, and they lost. So I'm going to pick the Ninja Panthers this week. I do see the Ninja Panthers winning. Our second game preview is Grizzles Gladiators taking on Jim Kelly Hates Cancer. Now, for Grizzles Gladiators, are their running backs going to build off of last week? Uh, Gurley really could. He's got another good matchup. But is Fournette going to get over the jet lag against this very soft Jets defense? And is Melvin Gordon's knee injury going to heal up well enough for him to perform against Philadelphia? Things to keep your eye on. Jim Kelly hates cancer, on the other hand. Watch his receiving core. Most of them have favorable matchups, and the key is going to be T.Y. Helton in Seattle. Now, historically, I wouldn't put any faith in this, but Seattle hasn't played Jacoby Brissett, and he could be a wild card for them and get that ball out to T.Y. Hilton. I'm going to go with the Grizzles Gladiators, and I see Jim Kelly hates cancer falling back to earth after last week's astronomical performance. Next up, Gridiron Mafia is going to be taking on Sweatman's Runners. For Gridiron Mafia, watch for the defense to rebound from last week's poor showing, especially Terrell Suggs taking on Pittsburgh in Baltimore. Uh, he just always seems to find his way to Big Ben at least once, and 
just about every game they play, it seems. For Sweatman's runners, on the other hand, watch out for Terrell Pryor. He's been a big disappointment this season, and he's really... I, I can only imagine that ownership and the coaches are pulling their hair out on him, and this could be his big chance to prove that he's worth the money they signed him for. Or is he going to underperform yet again? I don't see it happening against Kansas City, and I can see Sweatman's runners screaming, I want to get this freaking duck away from me! As Gridiron Mafia takes this one. Our fourth matchup we're taking a look at is Awful Waffles taking on the Unsullied. Awful Waffles, Kirk Cousins, I see him coming back to earth again against Kansas City. But the real story for them is going to be their Green Bay receiver stack. They got a short week against Chicago, which is not a great defense, but are these two receivers going to cannibalize each other Thursday night, or is Aaron Rodgers going to be able to spread the ball enough to make them both worthwhile starts? For the Unsullied, watch for Kareem Hunt. Washington's defense has been surprisingly stout against running backs, and it could be Hunt's first real test for the young rookie running back. I'm going to take the Unsullied in this one. 302 is going to take on Lance Manlove. Stop pooping. And 302, Joe Mixon taking on Cleveland and Travis Kelsey. These are the two players on their roster I'm intrigued by most. Is Mixon finally going to become the workhorse that they drafted him to be? I mean, he's looked better than the other running backs on their roster up to this point with limited action. And is Kelsey going to take advantage of the Washington secondary after a very disappointing week three? For Lance Manlove... Stop. Big Ben in Baltimore or Tyrod Taylor in Atlanta? Neither one really seems to be a solid play. Uh, Nearly half of the players on his roster could be playing in very inclement weather. I'm going to take 302 in this week's projected toilet bowl, also known as the Brown Note Bowl. Our final preview of the week is Night Shift taking on RosterGuard99. It's a 3-0 team taking on an 0-3 team. Now, Night Shift, watch for their receiving core. Baldwin against Indianapolis at home could be juicy if the groin injury isn't too bad. Deshaun Jackson against the Giants could be a very nice one because I'd expect the Giants to put their best corner on Mike Evans, which could give D-Jack some real, uh, real room to play there. And Michael Crabtree against Denver is the one that really worries me. If his, if his injury is good, if it's if he's recovered enough, he could conceivably do well enough against Denver to make him a worthwhile start. Now for roster guard, watch their wide receivers. OBJ versus Tampa Bay is a nice matchup, but AB going up against Baltimore could be Really nice of the Baltimore defense is really that bad that they showed against Jacksonville. And they're not taking a bye after that international game. But Big Man's got a huge hump to get over in this game. In Baltimore, he hasn't won since 2010. And in those games, A.B. has only surpassed 80 yards twice in that time and only had one touchdown grab in all of those games in Baltimore since 2010. 
I'm going to pick Night Shift to take this one to the house. Buddy, I don't know who you are. You're about to get chlamydia. You never know what you're going to get when you pick up a free agent. This week's top three free agent pickups of the week. Number three, Daniel Sorensen for Kansas City uh, Safety. Gave Sweatman's Runners 12.20 points. Good job. Ninja Panthers picked up our number two, Wesley Woodyard, a Tennessee linebacker, picked up 14, almost 14 and a half points. And our number one free agent pickup of the week is Devin McCourty, the DB from New England. Gave Roster Guard 99 just over 15 points. So congratulations, guys. That sad trombone sound does indeed mean it's the bad break of the week. Last week, I only had one. This week, I had a few to choose from. So number three, bad break of the week. Awful Waffles losing by a tight score to the previously winless Sweatman's Runners. Eh, you're bad, but not bad enough to win this week. Number two, the Outcast being taken to the woodshed by the Unsullied for a pretty stiff loss this week. It's bad, and it caused him to cry a little bit. See, that's a live look in. He's still crying about it. But not bad enough to be our number one, our uh, worst or biggest bad break of the week. I'm going to give it to the Ninja Panthers for losing a close one to the night shift. And it's not just because they lost. It's the fact that they lost with both teams doing the best they could to lose that game. And it is a rivalry game against former roommates where the Ninja Panthers now have lost four straight to the night shift. So, Ninja Panthers, you're our bad break of the week. It's going to be legend. Wait for it. And I hope you're not lactose intolerant because the second half of that word is dairy. That's right. Legendary. Notable studs for this week. The top three players who outperformed their projections. Stephon Diggs was the number three wide receiver from Minnesota. Put up just over 22.5 points above what they were projected and sat on 302's bench. Russell Wilson was the number two stud of the week. Put up almost 24 points more than he was supposed to for Sweatman's runners. He was started on the field, so Sweaty benefited from that. And our biggest stud of the week, Mercedes Lewis, Jacksonville tight end. This is a game that's going to come around once in a lifetime. 24.38 points above his projections uh, for the night shift. Couldn't play him, though, because he picked him up midway through the game. Those were your notable studs of It's going to be legend. Wait for it. And I hope you're not lactose intolerant because the second half of that word is dairy. Now we're going to move on to the notable busts of this week. Use all my brain power to will this train to move. <laughs> ah, phooey, I need a bigger brain. This week's biggest busts are all three quarterbacks. Um, in fact, five of the top ten biggest busts this week were quarterbacks. Number three was Derek Carr, put up 14.5 points less than he was supposed to for the Unsullied. Philip Rivers uh, was for Awful Waffles. I believe he was on his bench, too. So, thankfully, his 17.91 points less than he was supposed to probably didn't hurt Awful Waffles that much. And our worst... Performer of the week, Joe Flacco, didn't even play a full game. Three quarters in, had less than 30 yards passing, 
19.73 points, less than he was supposed to. Rostergard 99 made the very wise decision to leave this guy on the bench this week. That sound means it's time for our Rookies of the Week. Offensively, Deshaun Kaiser and Deshaun Watson kind of battled it out. But Deshaun Kaiser comes away 32.24 points in his game against Indy. The dude threw multiple picks, and he still scores in the low 30s. He's a free agent. Anybody who's uh, quarterback hungry, he's going to play Cincy this week. Could put up some nice numbers for you. And defensively, Tredavious White, Buffalo DB. Also a free agent. Put up almost 24.5 points, so uh, who knows? Maybe he could help out one of these really low-ranked defenses. Ninja Panthers, Lance Manlove. Stop pooping. I really just wanted to get that soundbite in. So those are our Rookies of the Week. Oh, yeah! So, closing out this week's podcast, uh, just a reminder, if you started 0-3... You still have a chance at the playoffs. It's not great. Only 5 out of 19 have made it. That's 26, just over 26% chance of happening. So if you start 0-3, you still have a shot at the playoffs. Just got to start winning. And in Lance Manlove's case, you got to stop pooping. Stop pooping. Last week, I went 4-2, and two, which brings me up to 11-2 and two on the season for my picks. And a friendly reminder to set your lineups early this week. Our Thursday night game is Bears taking on the Packers in Green Bay. So if you got a Bears or Packers, uh, I'd get them out on the field. Now, um, I did find, uh, to bookend this podcast with Ben's thoughts at the beginning, um, he really encouraged us to check out Jason Garrett's press conference. I have searched official and unofficial channels. I haven't been able to find a good clip from uh, the press conference post game that addressed the protests. But I did find a really nice little uh, soundbite from Jason Witten that I want to leave you with uh, before the. Uh, the the closing loop begins. So check this out. Remember, uh, fantasy is a game. We want trash talk. There are bigger things going on in our country, and there are bigger concerns. So uh, hopefully we're all 12 of us, 13 of us, are out there making a difference in the world around us. And uh, we use this as a, a avenue for relaxation and enjoyment. And uh, remember, it's you, know, you might be 0-3, you might be 3-0. It doesn't matter in the long run. So, I'm uh, going to turn it over to Jason, and that'll be it. I, I'm going to stand for the national anthem with my hand over my heart until the day I die. And uh, I respect our country and love and honor and, and uh, the servicemen that, that represent our flag and one nation under God with liberty and justice for all. I believe in that, but uh, I, I believe in that wholeheartedly. Um, but, you know, I also can respect and, and agree to disagree, you know, and that's what a locker room is all about. There's, there's, uh, you know, when divisive thoughts come in and comments, um, there's a lot of different ways, you know, and that's what's special about a locker room because there's a lot of different opinions and a lot of different thoughts on it. And uh, I, I think what we, was important to us and what's important to me is, is that uh, y- y- you take the high road and uh, you show unity and you look to. Um, create a better good, 
And I think our team tried to do that tonight.